Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This morning, the New South Wales flood crisis claims two lives. Ballina's hospital evacuated. Patients rushed to higher ground in the middle of the night. Queensland's mud army is back. Thousands sign up to help as the damage becomes clear. Prime Minister Scott Morrison tests positive for COVID, fears others may have been exposed. And Russia steps up its attack on Kiev, residents told to leave their homes ahead of an all-out assault. This is 7 News with Jody Spears. Good morning. Two lives have now been lost in the flooding emergency in northern New South Wales, taking the national toll to 11. Ballina's hospital had to be evacuated overnight as water continued to rise and residents in nearby Lennox Head were told it's too late to leave. Thousands of rescues have been conducted so far and our crews are being pushed to the limit. Another sleepless night in Ballina. The hospital evacuated along with the town centre. We were just told that um, the waters could rise up to the house, so now we're choosing to leave. Some unwilling to abandon their homes. Other people here are worried about me. I'm not worried about me. I've been sleeping here, so... You'll stay? I'll stay. Rescue crews helping those who need it. Oh, look, they're fantastic. I might keep them. (laughs) Plant us in the front yard. (laughs) Rescue helicopters also put to work, pulling stranded people to safety. Locals have been doing their part, saving livestock from floodwaters. And from floods to fire, crews were called to investigate a blaze at Ballina's sugar mill. The water seeping into a power generator, which started blowing smoke. In Lismore, they have their hands full. Good boy, good boy. Aerials revealing the widespread devastation. The Lismore mayor confirming the death toll has risen to two. One of them, an 85-year-old woman, found dead inside her home. Her dog sounded the alarm. Stay there. Meanwhile in Sydney, sandbags are being handed out in the thousands. At-risk roads closed preemptively. With warnings for heavy rain and life-threatening flash flooding today from Gosford to Bega. The time to prepare is now. Gina Trahan, 7 News.
Many of Queensland's flood victims are now faced with the heartbreaking task of cleaning out their inundated homes. New obstacles have emerged in the past 24 hours. Supermarket shelves have been emptied and looters are taking advantage. Some parts of Brisbane are still underwater, but where it's gone down, heartbreak goes hand in hand with resilience. Residents are already at work cleaning up. This was where the water come up through, came in through the back door and up this way. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, you, you just don't expect it and when it happens, you know, you think you're going to be alright, but you're not. The Mud Army 2.0 mobilised. More than 5,000 people already signed up. Queensland's floods have taken another life. The body of a 76-year-old man recovered after he was swept off the Brisbane Valley Highway on Sunday. 30 southeast suburbs have received more than a metre of water. In three days, Brisbane saw 80% of the rainfall that it usually get in a year. And it's not just wild weather Queenslanders are battling. Now there are looters. You sure that's not from the bait freezer app, the BP? It's still stealing. You're not a Queenslander, you're a grub. I cannot overstate how disappointed and disgusted I am. One man arrested and charged with stealing bait and tackle. Residents beginning their clean-up furious. People going through a hard time, people shouldn't be doing that. That's just, yeah, un-Australian. Ross Cameron is sleeping in his gym to keep it safe. Yeah, we've had people go up and down the street checking doors and um, we've yelled out at them and come out to see them and send them on their way. Meanwhile, the southeast is grappling with a serious food shortage. Supermarket shelves strip bare as water surrounds the Rockley markets. No products, a byproduct of this disaster. Jacinta Lee, Seven News. Scott Morrison has tested positive for COVID. The Prime Minister confirmed he took a PCR test last night after developing a fever and will spend the next week recovering at home in Sydney. He had to cancel his appearance at an event in support of the Ukrainian community at the Sydney Opera House. The PM's diagnosis comes after he attended a meeting of the National Security Committee yesterday with several senior ministers. Australians now have access to the first prescription pill to treat COVID at home. Legevrio has arrived at pharmacies but will initially be limited to high-risk patients. The pill should be taken within five days of symptoms appearing. A second COVID pill, Paxlovid, will hit the Australian market shortly. Kiev is bracing for an all-out attack. The Russian Defence Ministry warning residents it's planning high-precision strikes in the Ukrainian capital. The city's main broadcasting tower has been hit, sending thick smoke billowing above the city. Satellite images show a huge convoy of Russian armoured vehicles bearing down on Kiev. Residents in the city of Kharkiv are said to be in a state of shock after the Kremlin launched rocket strikes, destroying a government building and killing civilians. Meantime, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky has received a standing ovation after addressing an emergency session of the European Parliament. Scott Morrison has taken the extraordinary step of supplying lethal weapons to Ukraine in the fight against Russia. Tens of millions of dollars worth of missiles will now be sent to the conflict zone as Australia rallies in defiance of the Kremlin. Australia's iconic landmarks bathed in Ukrainian blue and yellow, a colourful display of solidarity as the Prime Minister 
chooses colourful words. Australia will always stand up to bullies. Cabinet's National Security Committee deciding to significantly ramp up support for the Ukrainian army with lethal weapons. We're talking missiles, we're talking ammunition. $70 million for those missiles, ammunition and body armour and $35 million in humanitarian assistance to help the millions flooding into Poland. The missiles believed to be shoulder-fired javelins used effectively in recent days to take out Russian armoured vehicles heading towards Kyiv and anti-tank missiles bought through NATO. And I won't be giving Vladimir Putin any heads up on how it's getting there, but it's coming, I can assure you. Defence Minister Peter Dutton's warning the worst may be yet to come, that having failed to exert military dominance thus far, Vladimir Putin might now be planning to unleash almighty hell on Ukraine's cities. Russian troops can be particularly brutal, and I think people should brace themselves for what we're going to see out of the Ukraine in the coming days and weeks. Scott Morrison suggesting Russia should be banished from the G20 and other international forums. They have self-selected themselves as a pariah state and no one should have anything to do with them, frankly. Australian liquor outlets demonstrating that, taking Russian vodka off the shelves. Mark Riley, Seven News. A baby boy has been returned to his parents after the car he was in was stolen by a man in Melbourne's southeast. Security cameras captured the boy's frantic mother chasing the vehicle with the 11-month-old in the back seat. He was found safe and well three and a half hours later after a tip-off from a member of the public. He was handed back to his relieved mum and dad. A 46-year-old suspect was arrested. Connection has now been restored after Tasmania was cut off to the mainland by a statewide communications outage. Tasmanians lost access to the internet, mobile phone coverage, some free-to-air TV stations and radio for six hours. Telstra says two undersea fibre cables were accidentally severed during civil works in Melbourne. The outage caused significant disruption for businesses and at hospitals. Fire crews have struggled to contain a huge blaze at the old wool sheds in Newcastle. Surrounding homes were evacuated when the fire took hold, burning dangerously close to a nearby fuel depot. It took more than 100 firefighters to bring it under control, the towering flames and the smoke visible from kilometres away. There's been a tragic end to the search for a camper missing for three days in the South Australian outback. The body of 29-year-old Dylan Stewart was discovered yesterday afternoon, just over 24 hours after his girlfriend was rescued. The pair had been staying at his family's shack north of Roxby. When their four-wheel drive became bogged about 30 kilometres away from the property, Dylan went back for supplies but never returned. His girlfriend survived the ordeal and was treated for severe dehydration. They lost everything in the 2011 floods and now it's happened again for an elderly Brisbane couple. Lynn and Ron Butcher are pensioners without insurance and while they've proven they can rebuild, the emotional wounds will take much longer to heal. Back at her Rockley home for the first time today. I'm hoping it only came to the top step. Lynn Butcher and her son didn't know what they'd return to. These floors... You've got to pull everything out, Mum. Carpets, lounges. Oh, the 
The floodwaters flowing 30 centimetres high right through her Sherwood Road home. A little worse than what I was expecting. I was hoping it wouldn't get into the bottom of the cupboards even. On Sunday morning, Lynn and her husband managed to flee in a boat. They're staying with their son. He was recently hit by a car and broke both arms. It's pretty overwhelming. Like, I know there's a lot. My... I hardly slept for the last couple of nights. It's not the first time they've lost everything. In the 2011 floods, the waters rose even higher. With no insurance, the pensioners will have to start from scratch again, relying on support from the Mud Army. I don't really know what I'm thinking. Oh, jeez. But it's not just the cost of losing their possessions again. This flood will take another emotional toll. Lynn's husband has suffered from PTSD since the 2011 floods. It's a little bit worse because my husband's worse. He's lying down sleeping. You've just got to deal with it and pick up the pieces. It'll take time and patience, but at least they know the Mud Army is reassembling. Samantha Heathwood, 7 News. Checking finance now. The Dow Jones is down by more than 2% this morning. The Nasdaq is also lower. In London, the FTSE is down and Germany's DAX lost ground. Closer to home, Japan's Nikkei closed higher. Hong Kong's Hang Seng is up. The All Lords gained ground yesterday, up 62 points. The ASX 200 up as well. On the commodities market, gold is trading at 1,934 US dollars an ounce. The price of oil has surged to 105 US dollars a barrel. The Aussie dollar is buying 72.46 US cents, 83 Japanese yen, and $1.07 New Zealand. US President Joe Biden is set to deliver his first State of the Union address as he confronts problems on the domestic front as well as a major global crisis. Let's go live now to US Bureau Chief Ashley Mullaney in Washington. Good morning, Ash. What can we expect from his address? Good morning, Jody. Well, 10 days ago, Joe Biden would not have been planning to open his State of the Union speech with foreign policy, but Vladimir Putin has forced a rewrite. We're told that the US president is still working on his speech here at the White House and may very well be making changes up until the minutes before he speaks uh, to a joint session of Congress, just given how uh, fluid the situation is in Ukraine. Uh, this State of the Union address is often seen as a touchstone moment for presidents, uh, an opportunity to tout successes uh, and project sunny optimism. But uh, this is obviously a speech that is happening against the backdrop of the biggest military crisis in Europe since World War II. Uh, the seriousness of this situation, of this crisis laid out by Secretary of State Antony Blinken this morning. Reports of Russia's human rights abuses and violations of international humanitarian law are mounting by the hour. Russian strikes are hitting schools, hospitals, residential buildings. They're destroying critical infrastructure, which provides millions of people across Ukraine with drinking water, gas to keep them from freezing to death, and electricity. Joe Biden will no doubt be addressing domestic issues in tonight's address, but uh, this is certainly a major crisis that has now engulfed his presidency. We understand Joe Biden has just held uh, a 30-minute phone call this morning with Ukraine's President Zelensky too. Jody, Ash Mullaney in the US, thank you.
The Queen has hosted two virtual engagements just over a week after testing positive for COVID. Buckingham Palace released these images of Her Majesty in conversations with dignitaries from Andorra and Chad via video link from Windsor Castle. Last week, the monarch was forced to postpone audiences. At the time, Buckingham Palace said the 95-year-old was experiencing mild cold-like symptoms. Prince Charles has described Russia's invasion of Ukraine as unconscionable. He made the comment during a speech in honour of murdered British MP Sir David Amos, describing his death as an attack on democracy and on freedom itself. In the stand we take here, we are in solidarity with all those who are resisting brutal aggression. The statement from Charles comes after the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge expressed solidarity with the victims of the war. Shocking video has captured the moment at least 100 teenagers fell through the floor at a house party in the US. Three people were taken to hospital in Denver, Colorado after the floor collapsed under the weight of the partygoers. The video shows the teens dancing and jumping up and down just moments before it gave way beneath them. In sport, Steve Smith says the Australian Test team feel safe in Pakistan despite the death threat levelled at one of their players. The team trained for the first time in Rawalpindi ahead of the start of the first test on Friday. Australia and Pakistan's governing bodies investigated the threat sent to Ashton Agar's partner Madeline, deeming it not a risk. Vice-Captain Smith says he has complete faith in their security team. We've got a lot of people here working with us. We trust our security and everyone involved and we're feeling incredibly safe here in Pakistan. Our women suffered a huge nine-wicket loss to New Zealand in their final warm-up before their first World Cup game on Saturday. AFLW icon Daisy Pearce could be set to make a new historic move. The Melbourne captain is considering an offer to join Geelong's men's team as an assistant coach. Pearce has reportedly been offered roles by several clubs, including rejecting an approach to become Essendon's inaugural AFLW coach. The Channel 7 commentator is expected to retire at the end of the season. In the NRL, Trent Robinson will extend his record as the longest-serving coach in Roosters history after signing a five-year contract extension. The new deal keeps Robinson at Bondi Junction until at least 2028, which would be his 16th season at the helm. Tavita Pangai Jr. is free to play for the Bulldogs in Round 1 after avoiding suspension for his two incidents in the trial loss to the Sharks. The Illawarra Hawks kept their NBL finals hopes alive with a much-needed win against an undermanned New Zealand Breakers in Hobart. Despite trailing the Kiwis in the third quarter, the Hawks kicked into gear late, going on to win 102-87. to Ratan Mays will have to shoot. It goes! Okay. On the three-quarter time siren. Illawarra are fourth on the ladder. The Breakers are last. Taking a look at the weather around the country now, tropical cyclone Annika should re-intensify, bringing intense rain and wind to WA's north. An east coast low will bring the same conditions to the New South Wales east coast. Troughs will generate showers and storms in Tasmania, Victoria, New South Wales, Queensland, the Northern Territory, Top End and WA's south. 
Around the capitals today, partly cloudy in Brisbane, a top of 32 degrees. A possible storm and heavy falls in Sydney, 24 the top. Rain, possibly heavy falls in Canberra. Partly cloudy and 28 degrees in Melbourne. Hobart, cloudy and 23. Adelaide, cloud clearing heading for 28 degrees. A shower or two clearing in Perth, 24. And Darwin, partly cloudy, a top of 33 degrees.